that was just getting dumped on with rain. So another thing I want to remind folks, in addition to the hydroplaning risk, is that on these nights uh, or these days, anytime it's raining heavy like this, you always have to watch out for where water ponds excessively on roadways. And if, if you know, we always tell folks it, it, it never should cross, drive through areas where water covers the roadway, especially if it's flowing heavily across the roadway, because, um, you know, you, you, number one, you can't tell how deep the water is, especially at night when you're driving. But also most flash flood deaths occur in automobiles, people driving through areas where it looks safe to travel and get across, and then they end up, uh, you know, it's too late by the time they realize it's too deep. So we have an old saying. We, we always remind folks, turn around, don't drown. So, uh, so that's another uh, saying to, to keep in mind. If you encounter water that's covering the roadway and it's impassable, turn around and find another way to go. And I, I do remember, uh, you didn't mention I-40 very much, but if you're down in Sampson County, you're not going to be very far from it. And there, the further you get down I-40, the much more likely you are to encounter standing water on the, on, on the interstate even. Uh, there, and there are spots. So, right. you know, on, on, like, like right now, it's not widespread, but it's just a few isolated spots where you know the water's just uh, been coming down and it's been prolonged and it's slow moving and uh, you know. But this is summertime. This this is this is what happens well, uh, with this type of meteorologist. And I think you touched on one side of this a little earlier. Usually, we you know the weather forecast in eastern North Carolina and even into the Piedmont is late afternoon thunder showers. Blah blah blah. And then, you know, as the, the heat of the day escapes, uh, the, the, what drives the thunderstorms goes away. But uh, one of your colleagues on the television, and I don't remember what channel, seemed to suggest that this could go on into the night tonight for a while. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, especially at night, it's harder to recognize flood risks when you're driving. It's harder to rec- recognize hydroplane risks. But also, um, certainly, um, you know, we, we've, I, I think that any storms tonight, overnight, should not, maybe, probably not be quite so bad. Like, for example, earlier today, we had uh, a, a very powerful uh, downburst of wind that uh, blew a bunch of trees over in the Zebulon area, just north of Zebulon. So um, so that's the kind of uh, risks that uh, we will see, uh, you know, with these types of storms. Um, you know, this time of year, you get a lot of water in the cloud, and then when that water falls out and just impacts the ground, you know, it could create a, a lot of wind in the process. And, you know, we a lot of times we refer to those as downbursts or microbursts. So, and, and we had an example of that today. Like I said, in, in Zebulon, there was a bunch of trees that got blown over. Um, over uh, to the west of here, in the, in the Triad area, Winston-Salem area, there was a Another microburst that uh, blew a bunch of trees down, and one one very large tree landed on a home. So, uh, so just to, again, folks need to take these storms seriously. And anytime there's thunder, get inside. You know, get inside. It's not only because of lightning, but because you know the thunderstorms in general uh, can can produce uh, gusty winds, and you just want to get inside and get away from windows when these storms occur. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on the Tom Kearney Show, what you've got here is a. a an assessment of the weather, uh, a little bit of a forecast, and we went straight to the, uh, well, I guess we could say the horse's mouth. Isn't that the cliche that usually applies here? Because we, we have with us Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, and he uh, is making his, I said earlier, he comes about once a month, and it's about that, but it, 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 isn't, it doesn't have that much regularity. But clearly there's a lot of chaos in the atmosphere tonight, a lot of heat and uh, and a lot of energy, and 
things are going to be popping up all along. And as he says, you, you're one number one. Want to stay tuned to your your radio station, uh, WPTF, uh, and uh, to so you'll know what's going on, and also to to be careful. We're going to talk more about the weather, uh, short term and long term, uh, after uh, we take a break here. One of the things that that is going on now is when I looked at my hurricane map, there were at least two spaces on the uh, on the uh, map that said uh, uh, a hurricane could be developed or a storm or whatever. We'll, we'll let uh, Nick define it. But Gonzalo is way out in the Atlantic, and that's the ones I like to keep an eye on. It takes them forever to get here, but they're on the way, and there's one in the Gulf of Mexico, and we'll let Nick tell you about that right after we take this break. Nick, John, our producer, and I were talking about the alphabet during the break, and the reason we were talking about the alphabet is he says that if Hannah, Hannah becomes a hurricane, I guess it's the earliest we've ever had an H storm, but can you talk about the tropical weather we're dealing with right now? Oh, absolutely. So, um... So, yeah, so we have, um, looking at the uh, map in the tropics, we've got, number one, we've got uh, tropical, and, and we're starting closest to the to the U.S., of course. We've got tropical depression eight, which is just south of New Orleans, uh, sort of in the north-central uh, Gulf of Mexico. And tropical depression eight is forecast to become a tropical storm here shortly. And um, uh, that uh, that will be... Gosh, what will that be? That'll be uh, the the obviously the the eighth uh, system, uh, tropical depression eighth, but the eighth named uh, uh, system. So we are really off to a fast start. But anyway, um, tropical depression eight uh, forecast to become a storm and move towards the uh, southern uh, Texas coast, uh, and, and it looks like it's uh, forecast to make uh, landfall. Uh, as a tropical storm uh, during the midday Saturday. So uh, that's going to be sort of the weather story in the next uh, day or two in the tropics. But then right behind that, uh, right behind that, we have, um, we have tropical storm um, Gonzalo, which, um, which was the earliest seventh named storm on record in the Atlantic, and that beat Gert uh, of 2005 by two days. So, um, uh, and then, um, that's not the only thing we're watching. Uh, the Hurricane Center in their uh, five-day graphical tropical weather outlook is uh, keeping an eye on an area of disturbed weather that just moved off of the, the west coast of Africa. And, and that, that system is expected to move westward across the, the Atlantic during the next couple of days. And uh, they're indicating that some development of that system is possible early next week. Um, so... Uh, gosh, we are really off to the races, uh, so to speak, um, with this year's hurricane season. So, um, you know, we last time I was on your show a few weeks ago, we talked about the uh, 2020 Atlantic hurricane season outlook, which showed, um, you know, which had a prediction uh, of, uh, of of above sea, above normal activity. Uh, Thirteen to nineteen named storms was the prediction, uh, NOAA's prediction for the 2020 hurricane season. And, and gosh, we're on track to to to, to easily hit those numbers, uh, or perhaps even supersede it. So, um, so so gosh, we are off to the races, and um, you know uh, we have 
we have the peak of the hurricane season still two months from now. So, uh, so uh, gosh, we, we need to be thinking about if we haven't already done what we needed to do to prepare, uh, we need to be thinking about uh, making uh, hurricane season preparations uh, right now if, uh, for those who haven't done so already. Well, I, I remember as a kind of a benchmark. Some, some people, you know, if you live in North Carolina, you remember the hurricanes and you remember the timing. And they said, how do you remember this? Well, I know in 91 or 92 when Andrew showed up, uh, letter A, the first letter, first name, Storm, it was like uh, August 23rd when it, when it showed up. And so uh, things are going a lot faster now. Uh, have, it, have they changed the definitions or it just that the, the weather is different now? Well, certainly, um, you know, there were a lot of things that, um, that, that you know, in, in, as we were heading into uh, the hurricane season and as we were making our way through the spring season, you know, the, the patterns were coming together. Uh, to um, to one that would support a busy season, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say there's any major changes per se, other than we are in the midst of a pattern, uh, a big, uh, uh, large scale weather pattern that supports increased tropical cyclone de- development and activity. Um, first of which is really uh, warm uh, ocean temperatures in the Atlantic Basin. So um, that's uh, that's been one of the key ingredients to why every single uh, system that is, you know, has a, a sort of a seedling, if you will, of a tropical cyclone, why those uh, seedlings have been able to really blossom and, and develop into tropical cyclones because the water uh, in the Atlantic Basin has been uh, really, uh, really uh, quite warm, uh, you, know, uh, e- you know, even for this time of the year in the, in the summer months. You know, the last time you were here, we talked about, uh, I remember how, how mild the winter had been and how a little bit cooler the spring had been, but neither one of them were exaggerated. They were just sort of moderate, and we were coming along. But now, I guess this run of, it looks like, I I remember I was watching TV one night just before I went to bed, and they had one of those calendars where it showed the highs and lows for about 10 or 20 days in a row, and they were all highs in the 90s, lows in the 70s, which is the thing that I always worry about, because I think that that's the most stressful kind of weather you need a uh, a, a day once in a while, or a night that's not not so hot, that's cooler. And I know it's very hard on vegetation, for instance, when you when you have constant temperatures above seventy. Right. And, and so and so, I think it looks like we've run into a, a warm situation now, and we go, might even set a record for the number of days above ninety. Well, you know, we're once we're stuck in these patterns, uh, sometimes uh, it takes. Uh, well, you're stuck in it until some big weather system that comes and changes it, or or kicks out the air mass, um, and, or or you know, typically it's a, a very large trough of storm system. Uh, we've seen hurricanes that you know move by and move up the coast that help to draw in a different type of air mass, but unfortunately there just hasn't been anything to really uh, sort of um, uh, you know get rid of this heat. Uh, that that we've um, that we've experienced. There's been uh, a persistent mid and upper level ridge um, uh, over and, and in some cases to our west that has helped uh, kind of lock in that air mass. And uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, the the end result is uh, certainly um, all this. Uh, the, the the we've had what a couple days now where we've had heat advisories and, and even excessive heat warnings issued for portions of uh, of the Carolinas. So. 
I don't looking looking kind of into the sort of crystal ball, so to speak, way out into the into the next uh, week or so. And unfortunately, um, there's really no nothing in the pattern in the forecast patterns that would suggest a major air mass change. Well, this would, is the period, uh, you know, to my memory, when it usually is uh, is the hottest that it's going to be. I can remember. I think we talked about this last time you were on too, because we were looking forward to all this coming. But it, it was in late July in the year. 2010, and you say, how does he remember that? Well, we were just uh, tearing the back part of our house off and going to build on and, and, and add new air conditioning. So we didn't have any air conditioning. And I think there were like four or five days that it was above 100. And we had candles that melted. Uh, you know, just they weren't they weren't burning. It's just the heat was so great. And yeah. I thought if I ever get over this. But, uh, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, sometimes, now that's not to say we can't, can't have some you know, temporary or occasional relief from the heat, but um, that's usually provided by a day like today where we had, you know, uh, a little bit more in the way of cloud cover and, uh, uh, you know, pretty widespread uh, shower activity. Uh, you know, that that's what we look for to provide relief from the heat. We look for, for the rain. You well, know, and, and not, I noticed that the temperature at the airport, uh, about 3.30 or something, had been, I believe, in the 93, 94, and then they had a thunder shower, and it went down to 74, and it never did get back above 77. So you're yeah. right. I can see exactly the cooling effect that went on there. And, and you know what? So so, so it's, that's – and outside of, of shower and thunderstorm and enhanced cloud cover, um, yeah, you're going to see, you know, we're, with this air mass that we have over us right now, you're going to see um, any opportunity the temperature has to spike and get up into the 90s. It, it it'll happen, you know. So uh, so yeah, we definitely could use the rain, uh, if nothing else, to to at least just cool things down. We're coming up on a news break here in about a minute and a half, and after we take the news break, if if you think it, it, it is appropriate, I, I'd like for you to lead in this dance that we're doing here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We do not rehearse these programs, uh, but uh, uh, Nick is the guy with the with the knowledge and the brains here. And so, but I, I do think probably he might want to take a sw- swipe at reminding us uh, the hurricane season is coming up and we still have plenty of time to get prepared for uh, whatever may come. And uh, there's supposed to be more of it than usual. And all of this may, in fact, be complicated if you've got to move out or anything like that by the uh, coronavirus situation. So it's a good time to be giving it some thought, right, Nick? Absolutely. It's always a good time to uh, to make uh, preparations for uh, for bad weather. And get your get your pantry full and everything. Uh, I think I've told you the story of the guy who, the, the, the termite inspector or something, I don't know what he was doing. He was some pest guy came and he was, oh, uh, I think my wife had found a bug or a beetle in the, in the pantry and so he, he was our regular guy that came. And he was from Texas and he was amazed at how much stuff we had in our tiny little pantry, which is basically just a little closet. And uh, he said, oh, my goodness, I've forgotten. You people in North Carolina, with your hurricanes and everything, you're always preparing for something. And so and so our, our ice storm preparation turns into our hurricane preparation as the seasons go by. But uh, I hope we've got enough food in there and a non-electric can opener to, to help us through. We're talking about the weather tonight on the Tom Carney Show on this Thursday night. With Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. 
what are the what are the risks that uh, that can affect um, you know they, they, they can uh, affect me if during during a tropical storm or hurricane for folks who are listening who have property at the coast or may who may even live at the coast um, you know obviously you have to assess where you are in relation to uh, the 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 ocean and uh, sounds if you live near um, you know large some of the large sounds in the in the eastern Carolinas. You know, figure out whether or not it's flooded. Um, you have to be thinking water in addition to wind uh, when, when it comes to tropical storms and hurricanes. So step one, determine your risk. Figure out um, what exactly is most likely to affect me to provide uh, or to, to result in, in, in damage or, or whether or not uh, I have to evacuate. And that takes me to the second step, which is developing an evacuation plan. First, you need to find out if you live in an evacuation zone. And if you do live in an evacuation zone, uh, and if your area is pl- prone to flooding, and you know if you would be in an evacuation zone, you need to take the time now to plan how you would exit, how you would leave the area. So plan your route out of the area. And then, of course, uh, when storms are, are approaching, if evacuation orders are given, Obviously, you need to follow the, the uh, evacuation orders given by authorities. And, and, and don't forget about your pets, too, because if you have to evacuate, you need to decide you know, what you're going to do about your pets if you have pets. So, so definitely work those into uh, your storm plans. So uh, one thing I want to uh, mention, too, is that uh, North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, North Carolina Emergency Management, um, they've developed a new um, a zone, evacuation zones for the coastal uh, coastal areas of North Carolina. So uh, they have a new initiative this uh, this season, which is Know Your Zone. So take the time to learn, you know, whether you le- live in Zone A, B, C, or, or so on, and uh, take that time because um, each coastal area is going to be assigned a zone, and uh, evacuation orders uh, may be given based on these zones. So take the time to learn, learn that. Um, can I ask a question here? I thought when you first started on that, it was going to have something to say about where you go, but I think it sounds like what you're talking about is who's going to go and when they're going to go, but it seems like one of the questions that people will want to think about is where they are going to go. Exactly, both. So you need to know, you know, you need to learn um, what zone you live in. The tw- mm-hmm. 20 of uh, the coastal counties in North Carolina have established predetermined evacuation zones. So, um, so everyone living or even vacationing in North Carolina coastal areas should know their zone. And, and then this way, because when those zones are announced for evacuation, then you want to know how to get out. So, and, and that's what we mean by, um, you know, in the second stage of preparedness, which is um, to develop an evacuation plan. Uh, if you are told to evacuate, you know, as a storm is approaching, you don't want to be scratching your head wondering, well, how do I get out of here? How, what, what's the best route to seek to, to seek? My way out, you know. Take the time now to plan your route out, so uh, and determine where you would go. Um, you know, do you have family inland that you could stay with? Is there a particular area you want to evacuate to, or you know, <clears throat> have these sort of uh, area, you know, established areas where you want to go to uh, that are far enough inland away from uh, any flood zone? So, uh, so certainly, um, these are all things you can think about and develop plans for ahead of time so that you can implement them without any confusion or without any, um, you know, um, wondering about what you're going to do when the time really counts. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Good idea. Yeah. So, 
Um, and then, uh, and then there's several other steps too. If we have uh, have the time to, to to review those. Oh yeah, I think we've got four or five minutes here. You can take a run at. This. Okay, so um, you want to assemble some disaster supplies. Um, so, for example, um, food and water and medicine and batteries, a, ra- a battery-powered radio, chargers. Make sure you have a cell phone charger. You know those those chargers that you could connect to your cell phone to, to charge them once or twice um, before they run out of their own power. Those things are good to have on hand. Uh, pick up a couple of those. You want to make sure, you know, during a storm, you know, a lot of times the power's out, credit card machines don't work, so you want to make sure you have a little bit of cash on hand. Uh, when it comes to assembling disaster supplies, again, make sure you have uh, <clears throat> provisions for your pets um, and um, certainly um, uh, assemble those disaster supplies so that um, you can have those supplies. Um, and think about well, how, how many supplies. Well, you need to have enough food and water for each person for at least three days, for at least three days' worth of, of supplies. So, um, and, and you want to be able to... Um, you know, have both a, a, a kit that will stay in your home, it, but also one that you can grab and go if you're in an evacuation zone and you're told to evacuate. So mm-hmm. uh, Nick, take the time now to assemble those disaster supplies. Let me insert my one private one that I always throw in, and that is uh, during the, well, you probably shouldn't do this. You should do what I'm about to say all the time, and that is keep your gas tank as full as you can afford, but try not to let it get below and the, the mechanics say this too, between half full, and that way, uh, one of the things that goes with the electricity is the ability to pump gasoline, and uh, uh, if you're going to go a long way, or if you need to go, you'll need to, uh, and it's good for uh, the, the tank and the fuel pump and the, and the car to keep as much gas as you can, so don't let it go below half full, and you'll be ready to go wherever you have to go. Absolutely, yeah, that that is some great, great advice, yeah. And it, yeah, okay. And I thought of something else, too. I'm one of those people who has had to have medicines that needed to be refrigerated. So have some sort of container. It probably would be good if it wasn't too big, just a small, maybe even styrofoam or something like that, but where you could put the medicines. I used to have to put my pet's medicines in, in somewhere to be chilled, and that, that, will be, that will be something that you'll think of at the last moment, and it's much better if you're prepared. Absolutely, yeah. And you know what? We, we, the, the, these few things we're mentioning is not all inclusive. There's a, a great list that, uh, list of items for you to have in your storm kit that's available that, online. So if you go to uh, ready.gov or if you go to readync.org, uh, those are two great websites that provide storm kit lists that you could uh, uh, print out and make a checklist of all the things you need to put in your storm kit. Uh, it's 9.44, almost 9.45 at uh, WPTF, and uh, you're listening to Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. Uh, uh, I didn't prom- promo at the half hour, which I usually do, but uh, tomorrow night we're going to have our Friday night trivia night, and it'll probably be a general trivia night. So bring your brains and see if you can answer the questions. Monday night, a very special guest, Jim Clark, the presiding goober of the Andy Griffith Rerun Watchers Rerun Andy Griffith Show Rerun Watchers Club. I, I have to always kind of rehearse that before I do it. But in any event, Jim is going to be on. Uh, the Andy Griffith Show, if it makes it to October 5th, I think, well, it been on 60 years. 50 years? Well, I have to, I'm going to have to calculate that. 50, it'll be 60 years, I think. So 
Well, we'll certainly establish the truth on Monday night, but Jim will be here, and it'll be interesting to talk to him. Right now, we're going to pause, and we're going to come back with some more Talk About the Weather with Nick Petra. Uh, 98.5 on your FM band, and uh, as it has been for a long, long time, AM 680 on the AM band, and uh, the Tom Kearney Show is here every night, Monday through Friday, with live and in real-time radio, and a bunch of interesting subjects, and one tonight is is the weather, and Nick Petro of the National Weather Service has been our guest. Nick, I, I don't know if you have a, a particular subject that you want to cover that we have not asked about. And if not, I can ask you some questions of stuff that I'm interested in, and that would be things like uh, uh, the uh, apps and things that that people have, the ways that they can get content dealing with the weather from the National Weather Service, or at least that originates there. Uh, Yeah, yeah. There are a lot more of those than there used to be. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So so there's a great number of ways to stay connected, um, you know, one of my favorites is, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, the Weather Service has a great uh, web page, uh, weather.gov. Um, our mobile.weather.gov uh, service is a, is a real great service. Um, we've we've uh, worked together closely with um, with our, our uh, partners at FEMA to put together some good preparedness information. So ready.gov uh, is a great resource, and our partners at North Carolina State Emergency Manage- Management. Uh, readync.org is is a uh, is a great uh, uh, great resource. Uh, there were a few other items on the hurricane preparedness checklist. Uh, if we have the time, I thought we could uh, review, review. Okay, for go a for it. Yeah. So so in addition to um, knowing your zone, you know, uh, developing your evacuation plan if you live in an evacuation zone, um, and building your storm kit, um, it's also important to uh, get an insurance checkup. Uh, for your for your home or property, and basically um, you want to make sure that you know if you do live in a in a flood prone area, you want to make sure that you uh, uh, check on flood insurance. Uh, flood insurance is is, is really um, is a key thing to have, especially when it comes to uh, tropical storms and hurricanes in the Carolinas. We think you know water and flooding has been such a big uh, portion of of the damage and and devastation that has affected us in the Carolinas in the last few years. But in addition to that, you want to make sure you, um, you know, strengthen your home. There's a lot you can do around your house to help protect it from hurricane winds. So well ahead of an approaching storm, you want to make sure do things like, you know, trim the trees on your property, for, for example, or maybe get, get some uh, window coverings, especially if you live closer to the, uh, to the coast. Uh, collect loose outdoor items and, and securing items, outdoor items, if, again, uh, as the storm is approaching, so securing your home. But the, I certainly don't want to um, overlook uh, the last two items um, are, are equally important, which is, number one, helping your neighbor, because, you know, uh, many people, especially senior citizens and others, are rely on assistance of neighbors before and after hurricanes. So it's always a good idea to help your neighbor and, and help folks in your sphere of influence check in uh, and, and after, uh, check in with, uh, with your neighbors and make sure everybody's okay, especially after the storm passes. And then finally, you know, we talked about a lot of steps. We talked about uh, knowing, uh, determining your risk, determining whether you're an evacuation plan, you know, building a storm kit and all this. You know, it's a great idea to have it all written down. So writing down your plan will help you avoid uh, 
you know, making mistakes, for example, when faced with, you know, the, an approaching storm, and, and to make sure that everyone in your home is prepared so that everybody, you know, knows what to do, so everybody's on the same sort of game plan. Uh, cool. So, so that those are those are the key steps in preparing for the hurricane season. And 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 again, just as a reminder, you know, it's been busy. You know, we've had uh, seven named storms already. We've got another, uh, probably the eighth one here is going to get going soon here in the Gulf of Mexico. We're off to a, a, a fast start, and, and and you know, we're we're starting to think, you know, if if this pace keeps up, then uh, we could be in for uh, quite a busy season once we get into the. Uh, part of the season where the Carolinas are more at risk, which is, you know, late, uh, late August, September and October. So it, it uh, wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt in all those things that you've talked about, you know, the plan and everything, make sure everybody, you know, and your family knows where the plan, put it on the front of the refrigerator or something. And, and uh, that everybody, and to have some uh, rehearsals, sort of, you know, where do we go? Let's think about this, you know, maybe at the supper table one night and just so that the kids and everything are all in the game. We started off tonight with you doing a weather forecast, and I'm going to ask you to end the program with a weather forecast because we, we've had a interesting, changeable weather, and apparently it looks like it's going to be the case for a, a while yet. And so, uh, that, that, that's a great idea, Tom. And, and just again, a reminder for folks who are who are out on the roads tonight: there's still quite a few uh, showers and thunderstorms around, especially um, south toward Fayetteville and down towards the state line. If you're on 95. Watch out for some wet roads. There's another batch of rain moving through Johnson County uh, over towards Smithfield. So, uh, uh, you know, so there, there's still uh, quite a few storms and, and rain showers around. But I think we're going to go through the same thing again tomorrow. So if, you, if you're uh, listening from the Triangle uh, region, maybe down towards, uh, you know, uh, the Southern I-95 corridor and the, uh, near Fayetteville and Point South, if you experience storms today, there's a good chance you're going to have storms again tomorrow. So, and some of those storms will have the capability to uh, produce damaging winds, similar to what happened today, in addition to uh, heavy downpours and maybe some localized flooding. So, yeah. folks, uh, you need to be prepared for that as well. You know, a lot of people pass through North Carolina on the way to south to Florida or somewhere, and they need to throttle down a little bit when they come through, particularly if we're having bad weather. Uh, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service has been our guest tonight. I always like when he comes. Uh, if I could have been anything else, I think I would like to have been a meteorologist. Tomorrow night we're going to have trivia, and we'll have Nick back before you know it.